Uh, let me take a drink of coffee then. I've already taken multiple drinks of coffee. <laughs> I'm not sure what the deal was. Well, actually, I do know what the deal was. Last night, I went out with my brothers mm-hmm. and um, our boys, and we got pizza. And I ate a little bit too much pizza, and then we came back and had some leftover dessert from Sunday. <laughs> and I ate a bit too much of that, and so it was very much I was uh, suffering from the effects of my gluttony, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not fun. <clears throat> so it wasn't that the three ghosts of Christmas were real. It was just a little bit of mustard or... <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little bit of um, uh, meat lover's pizza, white pizza, and then angel food cake with whipped cream and cherries <laughs> on top. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have some carbs while you're at it. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. Carbs are my love language. <laughs> Well, James, we talked about a lot of things that make us uh, frown about the future. Maybe that's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, or probably. maybe be afraid. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't exactly afraid of all of those things, but it just gives me pause, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But we do have things that we're looking forward to or that we're excited about. And in these lists, we went the same way as <laughs> in the other you went really big picture, and I went uh, uh, more like what I'm dealing with today or in the near future. Mm-hmm. So we'll just keep running with that thread. But I had mentioned some of the things I'm pessimistic about are related to the work that we're doing here with with the church, with with yeah, being missionaries, that sort of thing. But interestingly, that coin has a flip side, and I'm also very optimistic about what we're doing here. One thing that has been really impressive to me in in the little church that we have is to see that when when people come when when people make a decision to follow Christ here, there's uh, definitely more pressure against them societally, culturally, and so their decision has to be or tends to be real and and maybe deeper mm-hmm. um, Makes sense. than what it would be when you're just, you know, in the States there's no sort of persecution when you become a Christian, not really. There could be perhaps in individual cases or isolated cases, but uh, as a culture, it's whatever you want to do is whatever you want to do. But uh, like there are some friends of ours who last year said they wanted to wanted to become Christians, wanted to give their lives to Christ, and then they went and talked to their family about it, and their family told them they would be disowned. Hmm. So it's quite a lot of cost. But what I'm optimistic about is seeing how the 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 believers, the local believers that we do have are are serious they're growing uh it's impressive how much they study the bible hmm. we had given um a new bible to our our newest member he was baptized earlier let's see i guess maybe toward the middle of last year actually i forget the date exactly 
and her bio will now six months later looks like she's owned it for <laughs> you know 20 years it's, oh, wow. it's dog-eared it's written in it's highlighted notes in the margin she's really using it heavily and so that's exciting to me and yeah. we recently met i think i had mentioned that in in the other section of this talk we recently met to talk about our vision for 2023 and the new members the local members were even stronger than than i felt about that we need to be doing this or that to get the gospel out to have uh, more interest to grow more quickly mm -hmm. and so it's not like i feel <laughs> like i'm the only one who cares about the lord or has a genuine connection or anything so that's very exciting i i look forward to seeing where we are 10 years from now if we can have that sort of life or growth or whatever mm -hmm. in the church yeah that's yeah, that's that's encouraging for sure. Um, something I've heard before related to to this thing of it seems like, oh, I don't know what you want to call them. Um, like I don't think that you're necessarily trying to uh, make people down there into Mennonites. Um, but <laughs> like you could say, first generation believers. Yeah. That maybe came from you know there's some things that they were really dealing with and there's maybe more they felt like they were saved from or something yeah. like that. And so they feel more responsibility to share what they, you know, what they're being blessed by with others. Whereas those of us that are, have been raised in Christian homes and, you know, we're already pretty good. So getting saved mm -hmm. really doesn't make us that much better. Right. It doesn't seem to, you know, I'm saying that tongue in cheek. Um, it it doesn't seem to kind of get the fire in our bones um, mm -hmm. quite mm -hmm. to the same extent of people that really feel like they need the Lord and there's a huge change in their life. And it, it's a blessing to be raised in a, in a Christian home. But, I mean, in the Bible, it talks about passing on the faith to your children and gives different ways to do that. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, for some reason, it's also being raised in a culture where it's all around you. It's easier to become complacent and not be as thankful as we should for mm -hmm. salvation. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. And they're seeing growth in in the others around here really makes me want to, to grow myself. I, I told someone, I think it was this last week, that I wish that I wish, <laughs> this is what I said, I wish I would be able to grow at the rate that uh, the others around me here in Peru have been growing uh, spiritually, personally, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then I quickly followed up by saying, but I don't know if I want to go through whatever it <laughs> it takes to make me grow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have felt... Uh, I don't know, the last six months, like I haven't made just a lot of progress. And where, while we're recording now, it's mid-January and you and I've talked about our, our yearly themes and so on. And I've really noticed already in mid by mid-January the need of the theme that I have, the need for, for growth mm -hmm. and changing some of the areas in my life so that things will become... Mm, easier to 
they become more uh, automatic maybe or I'm not sure some of my habits and so on and uh, having worked so much with the church and, and so on here um, my my focus my habits over the last couple of years have been a lot on others and you and I talked about this a little bit in the in the theme episode and I'm just recognizing that no it definitely needs to be this year a focus on me not in a selfish way but more <laughs> in a, a responsible way that I, I really need to uh, step it up I guess with my own my own personal growth mm-hmm. something that is that sometimes gets a bad rap Maybe in our circles, maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, is the whole thing of self care? Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm guessing that's a term you've probably heard of, and I think sometimes that term is used as an excuse to be selfish. Maybe, mm-hmm. but there is there is something to the fact that that we need to, you know, we need to work on ourselves. And uh, those of us that are husbands, you know, we have a lot of responsibility for others um, as far as being spiritual leaders, and if we're not honed as sharp as we can be, we're not going to be doing as good of a job as we could. Mm-hmm. That That's something that I've, I've been much more uh, conscious of once I was married, and I think it's been a kind of, kind of a catalyst for, for spiritual growth, realizing that it's not just me that's going to be suffering if I'm not, you know, it... Um, <laughs> If I don't bring my A game, as they say, mm-hmm. and so yeah, sounds like uh, sounds like that's what's going on with you too. And I guess I didn't say explicitly why I'm optimistic about it, but I guess I've already had a taste in these first few weeks of January of that my theme uh, not only is needed but is also effective for what I need, and so I'm excited about coming to the end of this year if the Lord tarries. And and seeing growth, I think I'm set up, maybe you could say I'm set up for success with this growth because it's an area, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a needed area. And so I know I can, and I can actually make progress <laughs> there. And yeah, maybe that's a little bit the way I feel with my last point, which is thinking about my marriage. Um, I'm excited about 2023 and, and what it could signal for our marriage. I, um, I guess I would confess that the way I relate to my wife, we've been married for nearly 15 years now, but I am not this um, ooey, gushy, romantic sort of person who is always noticing her, Uh, Mm -hmm. even though at times I have kind of really wished that I were, but I'm... uh, you sometimes joke about being robotic (laughs) and I think my wife would maybe say that that's me in our relationship. Uh, I don't (laughs) know exactly why I think maybe I see myself as needing to be somewhat detached from, uh, the emotional side of life so that I can look at problems, clearly be objective, take care of her, take care of the family, be able to plan, be able to, uh, fix stuff and so Mm -hmm. that means i need to lock up my my emotional center of the brain uh and let her she's very good at 
being emotional enough for the both of us, I thought. <laughs> um, when it re- in, in regards to our personal relationship, but recently, in the last number of months, but in the last uh, couple of weeks, we've gone through some really um, tough times in our lives personally. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to talk just a bit about that in another recording separate from this that probably will end up on uh, on the For What It's Worth podcast, so the main people may not get to hear it, but uh, we and nearly ended up uh, losing my wife. Um, she nearly she nearly died, uh, and and that was related to <clears throat> her delivery. We just had a baby. And that has really put things into a different perspective. And it's been a couple of weeks now. I had wondered uh, in the moment if that was going to last, if I was going to feel the sort of uh, connection or deep need or um, both vulnerability and intimacy that I felt toward her that I did in those moments afterward. And life has a way of of dampening those things that's for sure but i think it's it seems to still be lasting and i feel like my my eyes have been opened to what our relationship needs and what my responsibilities are in that relationship mm-hmm. uh, more on an emotional level i suppose in those moments when one moment here in those moments when i thought uh, she wasn't going to be here tomorrow. I need another sip of coffee, I think. <clears throat> <laughs> there, I had a lot of thoughts running through my head very rapidly. The brain is <laughs> pretty fascinating in the way it can, can think in just a few seconds. But mm-hmm. I realized what I was missing or what I would have regretted going to be a lot of empty space here to cut out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should leave it in. <laughs> maybe. <clears throat> but um so I think I just I feel like I was able to maybe look behind the curtain if you want to say a little bit and realize um I wasn't who I thought I was or who I should be and and I want I want to work on that and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about mm-hmm. uh having come through the fire and being maybe a little bit better for it. And I want, I really do intensely want to carry that forward through not only this year, but into the future and make something out of it for our marriage. That can be Mm -hmm. something beautiful. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I've heard a little bit about what was going on as far as some of your difficulties the last couple of weeks, but yeah, some of those, some of those details about how that has, impacted your marriage it's uh you know it's nothing um i hope my wife and i never have to go through what you all went through <laughs> yeah but you you went through it and so you went through it and so if uh the lord can use that to, to make something good that's that's great um i'm excited for you all and excited that your wife is still with us as well <laughs> i can say amen to that <laughs> yeah so those are those are my three main points about what I'm optimistic about for for 2023 especially. But like I mentioned in, in the other episode, 
each of these things I feel like are hmm, I'm not sure like they're they're pivotal things or they're key things that affect five years and ten years down the road in my life. Mm-hmm. And so for me it's not just about the moment that I'm optimistic about, but it's about where could we be uh, you know, a decade from now or even longer and very excited about those things. You have some rather different things on your list, but what <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's quite okay. What are you excited about for uh, 2055. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the last time I had the negative things broken into two categories, kind of uh, larger society and technology, technological advancements, as well as the church. And so I kind of have them broken up the same way this time, too. Mm-hmm. The first first point I talked about, if I remember correctly, was about social media and its effect on society, and mm-hmm. I talked a little bit about maybe its effect on the church as well. Um, when we're immersed in the media from the world, we're kind of imbibing their ideals and what they're, you know, what they love. Um, it's easy; it's very easy for us to fall into that as well. But anyway, there it seems like the last number of years, there's been, um, I think I mentioned that the late 2000s, early 2010s, there was a lot of optimism about social media and technology and this stuff is going to revolutionize the world and information is going to be free and open. And well, now people are realizing there's disinformation, (laughs) misinformation. There is lots of impacts to mental health from some of these different platforms. For instance, I think Instagram is particularly bad for young young girls, so like 10 to 12 to 14 kind of that that time when they're, you know, maturing into young women and they're especially conscious of other other young women, their peers, things like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, what we put on social media is only the best side of everything. Right. And they don't feel like they measure up and so it's leading to a lot of mental health issues and suicide attempts it's it's really quite tragic but i think that there is some pushback against these big tech platforms facebook twitter instagram and so forth and some of it's coming from politicians but i think there's also kind of a a society wide reaction to it and and acknowledgement of the issues that come from using this to the extent that people have been using it. And I think I've even heard that there are young people, by young people I mean teenagers, uh, those that are in high school, that are laying these things aside. They're deleting the apps off their phones, Mm -hmm. or they're even asking their parents for flip phones, for dumb phones. Mm -hmm. And it's almost become cool not to be on Facebook and these other, which... I guess it's actually been cool not to be on Facebook for a while now, <laughs> but you know, on on the the more hip social media platforms as well. Sure. So that that's encouraging that there are people that are recognizing that there's danger there. There's still a lot of people that I think are kind of sucking this stuff up and not realizing its impact. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like the movement is big enough, but it's kind of the beginnings of a movement against some of these tech platforms mm-hmm. and social media in particular, which is encouraging. Then, and this happened just in the last, I think it might was in December, 
there was a breakthrough in fusion energy. Do you do you remember anything about that? I remember reading about it, and I may even have asked you a little bit about it, but I don't know mm-hmm. exactly. It has something to do with uh, nuclear power. Is that right? Yeah, and it's more more safe. <laughs> yeah. So I actually was toying with the idea of maybe making this into a main episode, but I thought wasn't sure if it would maybe be too much. But if if any of the listeners would like an episode on fusion and why it, you know what it is and different details about it, please um, let us know and we can maybe put it into the queue of episodes. But yeah, fusion is we already use nuclear power. We've been using it since the forties, forties uh, or fifties, and we have been using a type of nuclear power called fu- uh, called fission. With fission, you take big atoms like uranium and plutonium and you break them in half into smaller atoms and when you do that there is a pretty substantial release of energy Mm -hmm. i think like maybe a thousand times more energy than if you would break a chemical bond so when we when we when we burn coal when we burn gasoline natural gas that's breaking and forming chemical bonds Mm -hmm. and that releases energy but when you break uh, a big atom into small atoms, it releases substantially more energy. Like, I did the calculation about this a long time ago, but like a one kilogram of plut- of of uranium has the same amount of energy in it as like a coal train that's several miles long or something like that. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's a pretty substantial difference there. So we've been using that for a while, but it has some major downsides. There's issues with radioactive waste and possibility for meltdowns and nuclear accidents, which there have been a few of those. Chernobyl and, see, Chernobyl was in what's now the Ukraine, but it was in the Soviet Union at the time. It's in 1986. And then I think it was in 2011, there was a, there was an earthquake, a tsunami, and then there was... Um, a nuclear reactor in Japan in Fukushima that melted down. And uh, so there's some danger there. But fusion is is what the sun runs on, mm-hmm. where you take uh, you take um, you take small atoms and you squish them together really, really tightly. And when they fuse together, they release energy. That's why it's called fusion. OK, yeah. Uh, for the sun, for the sun. Uh, it fuses, what is it, several million tons of hydrogen per second into helium. Okay. <laughs> and that's where the energy from the sun comes from. And it's uh, the benefits of fusion are it's safer. You don't have to worry about meltdowns. You also, the the products, the you could say waste or whatever that's left over afterwards is not dangerous mm-hmm. like it is with fission. And... It also releases more energy than fission does. Okay. Uh, for the same amount of fuel, for instance. And so it's been kind of the, you could say, the holy grail of energy for the last 70 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've known about it for a while. Okay. <laughs> we've been trying to do it. And there's this joke that it's always 30 years away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in 10 more years, it'll be 30 more years away. <laughs> Because it's really, really difficult. I mean, the sun has particular set of conditions that we cannot, you know, we simply cannot replicate on Earth. Sure. <laughs> and so we have to we have to do it in different ways. 
like we have to heat up these gases to millions of degrees. Well, if you heat up something to millions of degrees, it's going to melt through any substance that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out some way to hold this material that's so hot it'll melt through anything. Mm-hmm. They use magnetic fields to to hold this stuff, uh, keep it from hitting against the side of the container. I'm not going to get into the details. Like I said, if y'all want more details, let me know. <laughs> so uh, the issue with fu- – we've actually been doing fusion for, yeah, 50, 60, 70 years. We can we can do fusion. You can just about make a fusion reactor in your backyard, almost. I mean, <laughs> um, you can make them. But the issue is that it always takes more energy to get the fusion going than what you what's released by the fusion. Oh, gotcha. Like you have to take these gases, you have to confine them, you have to heat them up. Uh, sometimes there's different methods, but like using lasers and so forth that require a lot of energy and then you just release a tiny little bit mm-hmm. so what's going to make fusion power possible is more energy is released than what goes into making the fusion happen makes sense and in december that was finally achieved for the first time ever it's it's called ignition i'm not sure why it's called ignition exactly but they achieved ignition by producing Oh, I think 50% more energy than what they put into it, mm-hmm. roughly. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a baby step, but it does. it's the first real progress that's been made in decades, I would say. It's, you know, I've, I've to a certain extent, the last number of years, I've, I've known about the, the quest for fusion energy, and I've kind of uh, thrown up my hands and resigned myself to it's probably never going to happen, or if it will, it'll maybe be after I'm dead and gone. <laughs> but now it seems like there is maybe some more hope. Now it's still <laughs> it's still going to take, you know, 20, 20 to 30 years uh until this is going to be able to be developed into actual like a fusion plant where you can actually produce enough energy to 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 send the energy out as electricity to people, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's some hope there and I really think I've told this before to people wondering, you know, why is this a big, you know, why is this a big deal? And I say, I think that this is going to be about as big of a paradigm shift in our society as uh, going from animals, uh, you know, using animals for our power to using fossil fuels mm-hmm. for our power. Mm-hmm. I th- I think it has the possibility to do that because. If we can develop it, it's going to make power extremely cheap and extremely clean. Mm -hmm. And that's going to unlock a huge number of things. Like, for instance, um, you know, we can right now, one of the issues we're dealing with as as, you know, the whole of mankind is we sometimes have have a struggle getting enough clean water. And but the oceans are full of water, but it's so salty, we can't really do much with it. Yeah. Well, we can we can take the water and desalinate it. We can get rid of the salt using uh, reverse osmosis and different different things. But that takes a huge amount of energy. Well, if energy is you know an order of magnitude or more cheaper than what what it currently is, that really is not going to be a problem. We can make right. as much fresh water as we want, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then that kind of goes to the next thing, which is powering more of our society using electricity 
So there's been a lot of developments in electric vehicles in the last five to ten years, Mm -hmm. and it seems like things have only accelerated in the last two to three years. And I just saw just in the last week that Tesla did a pretty severe cut in their prices Mm -hmm. of their of their electric vehicles. Yeah. So they're starting to get down to where the average person can actually afford them, which um, is pretty amazing. You know, the benefits of electric vehicles, I mean, they have some downsides for sure, but... Yeah, they don't make lots of noise. Like, it's not very manly to have an electric vehicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't uh, you can't smoke out your uh, bikers as you're going down the road by, by hitting your, your diesel truck that's got the fuel cranked up on it and rolling a bunch of black smoke out in their face. So you can't do that, which is kind of unfortunate, but... Yeah, they're they're much much cleaner. They're also more efficient. So anyway, I know there's people that probably disagree with some of my points. So uh, please write in and give me your reasons why electric vehicles are a bad idea. But <laughs> but you know if if we you know like one of the main the main arguments that I hear is well we're just making this electricity using coal, and so what does it matter if you're making electricity using coal or you're burning gasoline? It's the same pollution either way. Sure. And I won't get into the details there, but it does seem like even if you are using fossil fuels to make electricity to power your electric car, it's still more efficient and there's less pollution than there is if you are burning it in a gasoline engine, Mm -hmm. partially because we can make electricity much more efficiently than we can burn fuel to move our vehicles forward mm-hmm. um, plus we can we can also at the power plant it's much easier to scrub the pollutants and you know, your particulates and your sulfur oxides and nitrogen oxides you can scrub those out of the exhaust much easier at a power plant than you can from your exhaust mm-hmm. so those are some some things there yeah now is there with with this fusion breakthrough is there a dream into the far future of it being able to uh, fuel space travel? Yeah, it is. And that uh, was my next point, was okay. um, <laughs> rockets and space exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that some people don't get nearly as much into this as I do. And I will admit there's maybe not... There's a lot of so-called space exploration that is maybe not as useful or doesn't trickle down to here on Earth as much as, you know. But to me, yeah, I don't know. I've I've kind of been somewhat conflicted as to, you know, how does God see humans flying up to space on rockets, mm-hmm. going to the moon, possibly going to Mars in the next couple decades? How does he see that? Is Does he see it as... This is great. My 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 people are are using their creative powers, their <laughs> their ability to solve problems. They're they're exploring. Um, or is he looking at it more like he looked at the Tower of Babel? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, especially SpaceX, um, they have really dropped the cost of sending things to space. In this past year, they launched, I think, sixty one rockets. Into space, okay. Um, and they're they're building out a uh their Starlink network, which is space or satellite internet, which is going to open up areas 
way out in the boonies, as we would say, that will have really good internet speeds, just as good as if you'd be in the city. Mm-hmm. So, and it, there's lots of things that are launched into space that very much benefit us here on Earth. Like, for instance, if our GPS satellites wouldn't get replaced and our GPS system would fail, I think people would really, would really, really want <laughs> space, you know, rockets to be launching again. Um, and, and there's other things that I, I don't think we realize a lot of the technology. So one of the things that fascinates me about rockets and space exploration is they are they're constantly pushing the bitter edge of engineering and technology because uh, just a tiny little advance in efficiency, different things can make a huge difference in what they're launching. And because they're constantly pushing the envelope of what you can do, a lot of times those sorts of things do trickle down to us. So for instance, solar cells, mm-hmm. you know, solar panels, one of the first uses of that was on satellites because they needed some way to power satellites. Well, now those are used in many different areas and on people's houses producing power. Batteries, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know specifically how it's affected batteries, but I'm sure batteries have been pushed forward because of space our you know communications technology our cell phones mm-hmm. computing technology i mean our cell phones would not look the way that they do or they maybe wouldn't even exist if it wouldn't be for the space program right. and so those sorts of things are going to continue you know i wasn't sure when there would actually be space exploration beyond low earth orbit but it looks like maybe within by the end of the decade there'll be people landing on the moon again which i at one point, wasn't sure if it was going to happen in my lifetime or not. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of exciting. Um, I don't know how much it's going to impact our everyday life, but people sometimes say, well, you know, why don't we spend this money on fixing things here on Earth? Well, it, it's I think NASA is, is about one half of one percent of the U.S. Uh, budget, mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. So it's really a small, a very small percentage of what the government is spending and I think I've mentioned this before. I'll, I'm more than happy to to take half of a percent of my tax dollars and spend it on <laughs> rockets sending stuff to space instead of rockets sending bombs to right. the United States enemies. <laughs> sure. So, well, the one thing that I talked about was uh, about the church was millennials and how maybe we're think a little bit too much of ourselves and the changes <laughs> we want to make to the church, um, but. I do think that there are a lot of my generation who very much see the value in our conservative background, um, what has been given to us. It's not, there's maybe some of us that are trying to tear everything down and build back greater, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of us that are seeing the value in what's been handed to us, but also are, are willing to say, you know, we don't have everything perfect. And so they, so yeah, so they're they're really wanting to improve, wanting to build on the foundation that we've been given. And it's very much of a mindset of not just being okay with just okay, so we've been given this 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 great thing from our from our fathers, from our grandfathers, from the previous generations, and we're just gonna kinda sit back and just do our thing. It seems like there is a a desire to to move forward. And to improve, and I guess for myself, I feel like that's encouraging because 
one thing I think that is very dangerous in the church is complacency. Mm. And certainly, certainly there's plenty of people in my generation that are complacent as well. But I also see a, a large number of people from my generation that are, they're wanting more. They're not, they're not okay with just being bench warmers mm-hmm. in the church. Okay. And to me, that's really encouraging. So it's not all bad about millennials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and something I think that bothers me sometimes is millennials is like this term for young people <laughs> yes. when, um, you know, millennials now, we're you know, getting some of the older old. millennials. We have gray hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's some of the older millennials just about almost have grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably a, probably a couple of them that got married really young and their children got married young and had children young. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think millennials, when would they have been like 1980? Would that have been millennials? I think. Yeah. I think somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if 1980, they're the oldest millennials are 42. Mm -hmm. Um, The youngest ones are about, um, trying to think 26, maybe Mm -hmm. they're born in 1996. So, so millennials aren't just young people. There are a Gen Z, which are ones born from 1997 to about, oh, I'm trying to think, 2010 or something like that, close, roughly. Yeah, I think that's close. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not all that young anymore. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for giving us a, a peek into the future. We'll have to make a, a time capsule out of this and, and come back and <laughs> in those 30 years and see if uh, we actually made it to to fusion or not <laughs> yep to the listeners i really really would enjoy hearing uh, a thought or two f- from you all about what you're optimistic about for the future uh i don't think we asked for this in the pessimistic episode Maybe we don't. I don't think we so. don't want to hear your your <laughs> pessimistic ideas to drag us down. No, you could send those in too. But uh, I would really like to hear what what excites you about either the next one to five years or about the next fifty to a hundred. <laughs> yeah. What are you looking forward to? Send us an email. 